Today is Pentecost. Amen. What's so significant about Pentecost? Birth of the church. Well, maybe. We see a Pentecost, don't we? The Holy Spirit coming. How did the Holy Spirit come at Pentecost? Fire and? Okay, let's start that one again. How did the Pentecost, how did the Pentecost, how did the Holy Spirit come at Pentecost? As a, first, as a wind. Thank you, Ian, you bailed them out. And then secondly, or Liz, well done, Liz. Liz tells Ian, Ian tells me. That's the way marriages work. Good. And then secondly, after the wind comes, fire. They did. That came later. But the, the Spirit came as wind and fire. The Spirit is described in so many different ways in the Bible because it's hard to kind of grab hold of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you kind of like was a guy, right? So you kind of got an outline of what Jesus looks like. The Father, well, sits on clouds somewhere up there, right? Like we, we, Father is on his throne. As we sang, you know, uh, in, our, in our song this morning, it was all from Revelation chapter 4, you know, like about the, the Lamb sitting on the throne and the honor and the glory and the angels and the elders bow down and worship. That's from Revelation 4. And, and so we got a picture of God the Father sitting there in the throne room in heaven and all the angels and everybody gathered around worshiping. But the Spirit is, is more kind of intangible to try and grab hold of what the Spirit is really like. So the Bible uses lots of different terms to describe the Spirit. And in the New Testament, how does the Spirit first get described? Not by wind and fire, but by a dove. Do you remember uh, Jesus's baptism? All four Gospels have the baptism of Jesus at the start of his ministry. But it describes in Luke the Spirit coming like this. When all the people were being baptized, this is by, by John in the River Jordan, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven op was opened and the Holy Dis Spirit descended on him Notice this, in bodily form, so in, in a physical way, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. There's a couple of things here. Firstly, it's interesting that the Holy Spirit would choose a dove to be the kind of physical way that, that we would see the Spirit. The Spirit could have put on any kind of bodily form the Spirit wanted to, couldn't it? But it chose to come as a dove. And so the question we ask ourselves is, well, why did it choose that image? Because there are so many images of the Spirit. The Spirit is water, the Spirit is oil, the Spirit is fire, the Spirit is wind. But when it wanted to be in a physical form, it said, I'm going to come in bodily form in a physical way like a dove. The question is why? Why like a dove? Why choose a dove? Could have come as a lion walking across the hillside. Could have come as an eagle in strength and in power. Could have come in earthquake or in, 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 in a really, you know, massive way. 
But it chose to come. He chose to come like a dove. The other thing we need to recognize is that the Holy Spirit can also take on bodily form. It says quite clearly, doesn't it? Came in embodied. The Holy Spirit can take on a form that we can recognize. Which is why in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, it says, you know, welcome strangers because you may be welcoming angels into your household without realizing it. You may be welcoming the Holy Spirit without realizing into your household when you welcome strangers and other people in because the Spirit can take on physical form. But why a dove? Well, I think the first time, do you remember in the Old Testament somewhere where there's a dove? The flood. It rained down doves from heaven. No? No. Genesis chapter 8. Do you remember the water comes down? Noah builds his boat. They all go inside. The waters all come down, covers the earth. For how many days and nights? Forty. That's, that's like an English winter, right? Never stops raining. Forty days and forty nights, so there's water absolutely everywhere. And then when the waters, when it stops raining and it stops bubbling up from underneath, he waits. First he sends out a raven. Then it says in Genesis 8, verse 8, then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water all over, over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. The dove is a symbol in the Bible of peace and hope. Think about this. God sent the flood. Why? Because he judged the whole world and he said like this, is, it's gone so badly wrong. I'm going to start again. And he sent judgment on the earth. But what was the first sign that that judgment had come to an end? The dove. When do you use an olive branch? An olive branch is a symbol of, of friendship, isn't it? You hold out. We have that expression. You hold out the olive branch. Yeah? If, if you want to, if, if you've fallen out with someone and then you, you want to get back in, you hold out the olive branch to kind of, it's, it's like saying, I, I, I want to start again. I want a new beginning. Comes from here all the way back. And the olive branch was, was used in those times as, as a symbol of that new hope and a new start. Something different is happening. And the dove is that symbol of something new. That there was something that was wrong and now there's something that's going to change. There's a new season coming in life. And so it's apt, isn't it, at the start of Jesus' ministry that God will come down to say to everybody, you know what, things are going to change. This is the start of something different. 
the start of something new. And when the Spirit wants to turn up in people's lives, He does that because He wants to start something new within us. And He's saying to us right at the outset, you know the Spirit, one of the works of the Spirit in your life is to do new things. You may have been going down the wrong pathway before, but when the Spirit, the dove of the Spirit comes, He says, I'm going I'm to start something new. I'm going to take you from the negative that was your life, and something positive is going to come out of it. Now, it doesn't mean that all your hardships and everything else are going to finish. Jesus went through many, many hardships, but it does mean that out of the hardships, out of the difficulty, out of the struggle, the Spirit can bring blessing and new seasons in your life. Sometimes He does that immediately, and we praise the Lord for that. We're going through hardships, and all of a sudden there's breakthrough, and you can just leave it behind. And you go, hallelujah, and then you stand up and you give a testimony. Other times, though, the Spirit says, you know what? I'm going to protect you in the hardship, in the challenge that you're in, and I'm going to lead you through it, and there'll be blessing that you'll see at the end of it because I'm taking you through the challenge. I'm going to protect you in it. I'm going to teach you in it. I'm going to be here with you in it. I'm going to be the paraclete that we talked about the other week. I'm going to journey with you and never leave you, never forsake you, and, and teach you why you're going through these things because I want you to learn and I want you to grow. And that's how I need to, to work with you to bring a new season of blessing into your life. The Spirit came as a dove because the Spirit wants to remind us over and over and over again. And you know what? He says like in Psalm 55 verse 6, I said, all oh, that I would have the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. You know, when the Spirit comes, even when you're going through difficult times, you can have that peace inside even when you're going through chaos and difficulty in the storms of life, the Spirit says, I can bring you peace. Jesus went through more storms than we will ever go through. But he went through with a peace in his heart. He could stand before Pilate and before Herod who were going to nail him to a cross and still have peace. And you went to speak and went to be silent. You don't see Jesus stressed out panicking, worrying like we do. He had an inner peace that takes him through. And the Spirit is the one that can give us that rest, that inner rest, that inner confidence that makes, makes us have the ability to face any challenge. But there's other things or another thing that I want to share with you about the Spirit. The Spirit also is very sensitive. The Spirit, it says, is easily grieved. In Ephesians 4, it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So he's talking to believers. He's talking to the church, to you and me. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I wonder, as I read that in preparation, I was thinking, I wonder how much of my, my sentences would be omitted if I really did that. In your week, I wonder how many of your words would just kind of disappear. 
if all you ever spoke about was those that built things up, other people up? How many of our words are, are negative towards others? Even if they're not with us, we talk behind their backs, don't we? We talk about them. I mean, our newspapers would be empty, wouldn't they, for starters? There would be no front page. Be because, I see, they're, they're actually all about unwholesome talk and, and pulling other people down. You've seen in the news all about Philip Schofield. And what's happened to him is everywhere, isn't it? There's nothing positive in it. It's all negative about his life and his choices and how it's affected Holly Willoughby and all that kind of thing. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do not grieve, it says, the Spirit of God. You see, it says here that the Spirit is, is grieved, it's, it's saddened, it's upset, because the Spirit of God, like doves, are very sensitive. Doves are sensitive birds. They're very fragile. I heard about a, a, a bishop, I think it was. I think this was in Africa somewhere. And he was opening a new, new, uh, new church or a new center. And, and they, they, they had a, a dove that they wanted to release. I've done this once at a funeral, actually. And they, they hand you the dove. And they handed this person, the, the bishop, the dove in his hands to release as a symbol of, of God's spirit going up and releasing a new, new start in something. And when they hand you the dove, you, you hold it. You have to hold it kind of tightly, but not too tightly. You just firmly, but carefully. And this bishop I heard was, was then, I'll say a few words before I release the dove. And as he, he got more and more excited, as bishops do. And as he got excited, he started jiggling this bird up and down like this with his hands. Cause, and then finally he finished his talk and he released the dove. And the dove dropped dead on the ground in front of him. Because he'd been so insensitive with this dove when he went, it just went onto the ground. I mean, you shouldn't laugh at that. A poor dove, right? It's not funny. I didn't say that for a laugh. But that's how sensitive the dove is, you know. I was, I was handed a dove once after a funeral. We went outside. And they said, can you release it as though the spirit of this person is, is rising up and disappearing off? I was nervous. Because all I thought about was that bishop. I didn't say a word. I just went, Psk. then you speak, you know. <laughs> but the doves are sensitive birds. You, have you ever held any, anything that's really, really delicate? I, I told you before, I used to work for the government. I used to work for English Heritage. And, and part of my job was to go around historic buildings. And, and, and uh, I was in charge of giving them the money, government money to, to restoration of, uh, of artifacts. So you go to a National Trust place, you see all those plates and everything. I remember going to one, and I get to go where nobody else can go in these buildings because they're not open to the public yet. And I remember going to one house and, and they said, you know, this was uh, 
Queen so-and-so's plates and everything, they were cracked all over. I mean, they weren't, they weren't in good shape at all, and they wanted money to repair it, to have a conservator repair all these plates before they all just disintegrated. And the guy picked one up and gave it to me and said, hey, look at this. You can see what I mean. And I'm, I'm at one time trying to have a conversation with the fella. At the same time, my brain is going, just don't drop it. Don't drop it. Whatever you do, don't drop it. And I'm sweating. Literally, I'm, all my brain is doing is going, if you drop this, this is like Queen Victoria's dining set minus one plate. I was never more relieved when I, I just looked at it and went, yes, very interesting, and I handed it back as quick as I could. Because that's what you do with delicate things that are not yours, right? You just, oh. didn't, didn't you think at the coronation, just don't drop the sword, you know? Don't drop the crown off the head. I mean, they look seriously uncomfortable, you know? It, and it's the same with the spirit. The spirit is so delicate that we can easily grieve, as it says in Ephesians and elsewhere, the spirit of God. And it says here you can grieve it in two ways. One, by unwholesome talk. Your tongue. You see, your tongue is a window on your heart, on your spirit. I'm going I'm to, you know... What you say at a Wildstone football ground is what's inside. Not what you say in church on Sunday morning. Isn't that the truth, though? What you say when someone cuts you up when you're driving is what's really inside. Not when we're having tea and cake or you're somewhere nice and polite. What you say when you're doing a bit of DIY and you hit your thumb with a hammer is really what's going on inside, yeah? Or when something goes wrong and something slips out of your mouth and you go, <gasps> or you lose it completely over something or the other. It's, it's like a window, isn't it? And sometimes it really shocks us. It does me. I think, man, I didn't realize that was in there. Doesn't it? You know, I mean, it's, it's hard enough being nice for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning, isn't it? But you know, but that's that's. But the spirit says, you know what? I, I can get grieved by that because that, that that that's that's what I need working on. That that's that's the part of us that we should say, Spirit of God, uh, change that, will you? Clean that out of me. Because because that's the real me underneath all these layers of of niceness behind the collar and the shirt and looking so good that's the real me that's the bit I really need cleansed I don't need this nice bit cleansed I need that bit cleansed because I don't want to grieve you because when you sat in the Holy Spirit not good and linked to that it says is your attitude right you hurt others. You really, what it's talking about is being self-focused, isn't it? This list. Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. It's all about me, isn't it? It's about me being first, really. I get angry. I get bitter with others because actually I'm more focused about me. 
But it says actually what you need to do is look at others. Be kind and compassionate to forgive each others because Christ has forgiven us. Don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because it says in the Bible there are serious consequences. Isaiah 63, verse 10. This is talking to the people of Israel, God's chosen people, his followers. He says, yet they rebelled, that's Israel rebelled, and grieved his Holy Spirit. So what did God do? He turned and he became, what does it say? Their enemy. And what else? He fought against them. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we grieve God, the Trinity, God can turn against us. Now, that doesn't mean to say they ceased to be the people of Israel. They didn't. It doesn't mean to say that you cease to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't. Salvation is dealt with on the cross. But you can still be a follower of Jesus Christ and be an enemy of God. Just if you don't believe me, look at the people of Israel. They were still the people of Israel. They were still part of God's plan. They were still his chosen people. That didn't change because of the covenant that they had. But God turned his back on them. They became an enemy of God for a season. Right? And the Spirit of God, because they grieved, they grieved the Holy Spirit. When we talk in unwholesome ways, when we have an attitude of self, God's Spirit says, you know what, okay, I'm leaving them for a season. You may still come to church, we may still, you know, but if we don't repent, if we don't, if we don't turn from that, if we don't say, Lord, you know what, I'm sorry, then you can still be a believer but have no presence of the Spirit in your life, no power of the Spirit in your life. Let me go on. It's all about alignment that I keep talking about. Alignment is critical. You see, if we, want, if we desire the Spirit of God in our lives, if we, if we want that peace and that presence in our life, then what we need to do is make sure that we just keep on focusing on God. Keep on asking the Spirit to fine-tune us. We're all going to make mistakes all the time, right? Because we're all sinners. That's what the Bible says. We all mess up. We're all out of alignment in some way or other. All of us, probably all the time in reality. But what we need is to have our mind saying, Spirit, align me, align me, align me, align me, align me. Spirit, I, I, sometimes I go out of alignment and I don't even realize I'm out of alignment, but just align me anyway. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew an upright spirit within me. Cast me not from your presence but leave me in the way everlasting, right? Just keep on doing that. It's not like, you know, you mess up once and the Spirit goes, I say, I'm out of there. David messed up. No, it's not like that. It's about your attitude. It's about why was, you know, David a man after God's heart? He murdered, anybody here murdered anybody? 
I won't ask the rest of the list, committed adultery and know everything else, right? Good, I'm pleased to know that we don't have any murderers in the house, right? But like David was the worst of the worst of the worst in sinners. But what he did have was that heart that said, align me, align me, align me, align me. I've messed up again, God. I've messed up again, God. I've messed up again, God. And God looks into the heart and says, you're a man after my heart because you, you're trying to do this, even though you're messing up. And when you try, you open yourself to my spirit and my spirit can come in and work. Amen? Why did the Spirit come as a dove? Because the Spirit wants to remind us we have second starts, new starts, new seasons, new beginnings all the time. And because the Spirit wanted to remind us that we need to be sensitive to God. Be sensitive to Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. Because He can bring change and transformation in your life. Let me give you one brief example. A few years ago, we went on holiday to Wales, North Wales. Beautiful, it was. That's not a holiday picture. I just took that off the internet. But you know North Wales with its mountains. I, like, I quite like climbing mountains. I find them quite spiritual, actually. The only problem is I can't stand heights. I really hate heights. Like I'm really petrified of heights. And we were climbing this mountain, me and Inika, uh, around here. Actually, it was this one that we were climbing. And we got up so far, and we were kind of coming around one of, you know, sometimes the pathway kind of, it wasn't at the very top, but, but there was a, like the hill, and then there's a little pathway, and then it drops off down. And we were coming around this corner, and the wind started picking up. And I started to, like... <laughs> I started to look down, and when you've got, I don't know if you've got a fear of heights, but when you have a fear of heights, it's horrible. It's, it feels like you, it draws you as though you're going to kind of fall off. And, and those thoughts started going into my head, and I started going, oh, my days, oh, my days, you know. And I started speeding up. I left Inika behind. That never happens when we walk. She walks way faster than I do. But I started getting faster and faster, and then all of a sudden, panic just kicked in. And I just went, I've got to get off. I've got to get off the mountain. I don't care how. I've got to get off. And I turned around and I literally ran back past Enika. And I just screamed at her, I've got to get off. Because I was in this kind of blind panic. I can't even describe it. It's the only time it's ever happened to get off this mountainside. I got down to the bottom. We did. I got down to a, a level bit that was nice and wide, didn't we? And I stopped there and I said, I don't know what happened. I just, I can't do this. I can't do it. And we climbed our way back down. And the cabin or the little cottage that we were staying in, it was so irritating because it was located where I could see exactly where the panic had set in. Every breakfast I had, I looked out of the window and it was like staring at me. This was where you got to, and then you turn and you ran. And it irritated me no end. You remember a little while ago I said you should always pray about where you should go on holiday? Do you remember that? 
because it's been playing in my mind ever since that moment. I mean, it's irrational. It's not even sensible. I know how to walk. I know how to walk in a reasonably straight line that I'm not going to fall off a mountain. It's not rational to do things, but it's stuck there. And so when I was praying, where do we go on holiday? God said, you need to go to a certain place. There's a pathway called the, the Path of the Gods or the Walk of the Gods in Italy. It says in the footnotes, do not attempt this if you're at all scared of heights. Because the pathway is like this. It's the most amazing pathway. But there's no health and safety. And it's just sheer drops down the side. And the Lord said, that's where you need to go. Because you can't live in fear. You need to overcome your fear. So we went not long ago. And we had a nice holiday, but all in the back of my head was near the end of our holiday, we were going to do the walk. And I was like praying, Lord, you've got to do something here. I don't, I don't want to go halfway along this walk and run back again. In fact, there's no point running back because it's just sheer drops all the way along on the left-hand side like that. But the view is incredible. And so we prayed and prayed and asked the Spirit of God to come in and bring peace. Ask the dove to come in and bring peace. You know what happened? I had a great time walking. And it's like God cleansed that fear and brought his peace. And it's not just, he doesn't just do that for people that are scared of heights. He does that if you're worried about a hospital appointment or a test that's coming up or an exam or a job or a visa or whatever else it may be in your life. He says, you know what, I'm the spirit that can come in and bring you peace. I still had to go through the walk. And I wondered, you know, when I finished that walk, I wondered if, if the God had just done that for the one thing. So since I've been back, you know what I've done? I've walked right close to the edge of bridges, looked over the edge. I've gone over high things and I've looked down just to see, is it still okay? I don't like heights, but I'm not scared. The fear is gone because of what God does. And that's what God wants to do in you and me. That's why he came as a dove. He came because he says, you know what you're facing in your life? You don't need to, f you, you have to face these things, but not with fear. You don't face it with that internal strife and panic and I can't do this and I, I've got to get out of here and, and all of that because he says, you know what, I'm going to be with you. My spirit is here. Don't be afraid. In James 4, he says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God 
and he will come near to you. When we come near to God, when we say, Lord, just come into this, remove these fears, Spirit of God, come and bring your peace, your gentleness. Then we open the doors of our heart for his Spirit to come. And he will heal us, give us that peace, the peace of God which is beyond all understanding, and help us to face the challenges in life. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. You, could have, you came then as wind and as fire to, to, to start a new movement, a new season. But you, before that, with Jesus, you came as a dove. Because you came in gentleness, in humility. You came to... To remind us like that olive branch of new seasons and new beginnings that we don't have to continue in the old but we can start again in the new we don't have to take all that fear from the past with us we can move forwards with new confidence in a new season because you don't want us to live our lives in fear you know, as we think of those disciples, they were hiding in an upstairs room and then Pentecost happened and what happened? They stood up and started preaching and proclaiming. It was a new season, a new start. No more fear. No more worrying about what to say. No more worrying about what to do next. They just moved out in the power of your spirit and the church was born and planted And a new season began. Lord, I pray that for each one of us as we take the bread and wine today, as we, as we are in your house today, that we would allow you to, to just fill us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on each one of us that any fear we may have will be banished away, where you would just heal that fear, remove it from us, that we may walk in confidence in your strength, not I, but through Christ who lives in me. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Christ, amen. Can we 